Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amazing times when God is moving by His the Spirit. That's the church wants to create space and room for the Spirit of God to arise in this church. Amen? Two of us believe that. But the thing is, so often when we think about the Holy Spirit moving in the church, we always default to a position where we believe it's about miracles, it's about salvation, it's about healing, or it's about deliverance. The church becomes the focus of the movement of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? But so often we, we just delight what God is doing here. We see the presence of God coming in our services. We see salvation happening. And we, see, we heard a great story about a young girl who was actually healed by the power of God just two weeks ago in this church service. Absolutely amazing. But I want to just share something today. I want to say it's time for us to think outside of the box. It's time for us to think outside of the box. The thing is, we are so conditioned to thinking that God moves in the church, we have to recondition our minds to think that God wants to move outside the church. See, God's heart is not just to bless the church, it's to bless the world. Jesus was not happy just waiting in heaven in the glory of God. He came into a lost and broken world to display his glory and to revolutionize planet earth. And when God moves by his spirit in the church, it's not just for us guys. It's for the world. Jesus says, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And when the spirit of God moves in our meetings, in our hearts, it's not just that we'll enjoy our time in God's presence. It's that God would project us and push us and drive us out into a world that is broken and lost. Amen? That anointing. See, I believe God has got a heart for Rotherham. And for South Yorkshire. And for other parts of the UK. (laughs) But God's got a longing and a concern for planet Earth. See, that famous passage in Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And that's the heart of God today, to bless us, to increase us, and to multiply us. But if you back up into verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, we read these words, Jeremiah 29, verses 4 to 7. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile. From Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters into marriage so that they may too have sons and daughters. Increase in number there and do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. See, most of us, if we were the Jews in exile, we'd be longing for a moment for God to take us out of the exile. God, get us out of here. This world is awful. Everything's horrible. Lord, beam us up. (laughs) 
But the heart of God isn't that he removes his church from planet earth. His heart and his desire is that the church become a transformational agency in the world. Are you still with me? We are not just called here to mark time until Jesus comes back. He's coming back. But whilst we are here, we've got a mandate from the, heaven, the high king of heaven to see our community transformed. See, so often we want to escape from our captivity. But God wants us to engage with our captors. That through us, we can start to bring the light and the life of Jesus into our world. And as we receive an anointing here in this service, as the glory of the Lord comes upon our lives, as that song that Manny sang earlier, is to propel us to the nations. You have got a divine mandate today to make a difference in your world. God has left no other means to reach the world except through you and me. I would have chosen somebody else. But God has chosen you and me to impact our world. We are called to be transformational. There's an old Jewish proverb that says, it is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. We sit and we complain about everything around us. (laughs) The time has come not to complain, but to engage in our world. Begin to make a difference in our society. It says there in Jeremiah 29 verse 7, Seek the peace of the city. Pray for the peace of the city. The word peace there in Hebrew is that well-known word shalom. And it's pregnant with meaning. It means wholeness, completeness, soundness, health, safety, security, and Tranquility. Woohoo. Those words are not words that best describe Rotherham at this time. But we are called to pray that the shalom of God, the peace of God, the safety, the security, the wholeness, and the sounds of God would invade the city streets of Rotherham and South Yorkshire. But God has called us to be a catalyst of change, a a transformational community that reaches our world and makes a difference. I know you're saying to yourself, I'm only a small little person. God can't use me. God delights in using the small things. He loves in using the things that are nothing of no reputation to display in them his glory. And that's great news, isn't it? God can use little old me to transform Rotherham. You see, Eric Pickles, God bless him, has just sent five commissioners to run Rotherham. Who knows that? Those guys and girls need our prayers, need our support, need our guidance, (laughs) need our help. We're not going to just sit back and say, I'm going to start to be critical start to condemn their decisions, their choices, and want to engage in the process that we can be a catalyst of change in our society. We're called not to conform to the values of our community. We're called to transform the values of our community. That as our voice starts to be heard in the community of Rotherham and beyond, 
people can start to sense the sound of sense in the world. This world has lost the plot. This world has gone crazy. See, I don't want to be just a church that's a remnant that's hanging on until Jesus comes back. I want to be part of a community that seeks to engage the kingdom of God from heaven and bring it down to earth. That the values, the power, and the presence of the kingdom of God starts to impact our world. Isn't that great? See, Jesus is concerned about not just your soul's welfare, but the welfare of this town and this community. Does this sound okay, guys? Can you still hear me? Who wishes they couldn't hear me? (laughs) It says in Luke 19, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known the time on this day that you would bring peace. There is a moment when Jesus comes and looks over Rotherham and says, if only you knew what would bring you peace. You'd have nothing of it. Jesus, his heart was turned. His heart was broken. He, the Bible says he was deeply moved in his spirit when he saw the plight of Jerusalem. Now I want to put it to you today that God is grieved. God is heartbroken over the lives of 1,400 young lives that have been damaged and plundered and raped by evil men. This is an agony in the heart of God. See, Christ is concerned not just merely with souls to be saved. He's concerned about family breakdown, exploitation, unemployment, drug, alcohol abuse. He's concerned about the elderly, the vulnerable, those with special needs. The heart of God is much broader and bigger than just the church. And the heart of Christ... And the history of the church show us that when God bursts his passion on people's hearts, they know they have to make a difference in their world. Such great men as Wilberforce and Wesley and Booth all stood up to make a difference in their world. If ever Rodham needed a church that had a transformational mandate, it's now. We can't just sit and pray, although we have to pray. We have to engage with our world. We have to allow the power and the presence of Jesus to permeate every sphere of society. But the thing is, if we just engage in social regeneration, but never talk about spiritual regeneration, (laughs) we do a great disservice to Rotherham. Whilst helping them practically, we also need to help them spiritually. See, the problem with this world isn't just the financial or the emotional or the sociological, it's spiritual. Someone said the problem of the human condition is the problem of the human heart. Until men and women surrender to the love of Jesus, nothing will ever really change. But we are called to be carriers of the kingdom of God. And I want to just put a little picture up here. Pizza Hut. I love Pizza Hut. The pizza is the kingdom of God, full of great flavors, 
full of great calories, full of great everything. And the church is the pizza boy on the scooter. And we as a church are called to deliver the pizza to the world out there. Amen? But when I ring up a pizza on a Sunday night with John and Kirsty, and we're sat there having pizza, and then the, number, the guy comes to the door, knocks on the door and says, here's your pizza, is not say to me, do you want to ride on my scooter, mate? <laughs> it's not there to give me a ride on scooter, he's there to give me a pizza. We need to prioritize the kingdom of God. We need to be deliverers of the kingdom of God to make a difference in our world. The church is just merely a vehicle for the kingdom. Our next slide. This is the Great River Mississippi, one of the largest rivers in the world. American, I guess. In America, everything has to be bigger. But on the edges of that great river of the Mississippi is a dried up river bank. Even though there's a huge river of life and vitality flowing through the valley, there's still areas that are dried up and barren. And God may do amazing things in this church, in our lives, but the whole purpose is that the barren parts of our world get touched by the river that's flowing through you and my, you and my life. You and my life? Our lives. <laughs> you see, it says that great prayer in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I'll turn from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. The focus of that command, that call of God, is that we'll be forgiven, we'll be restored, but God would heal our land. The word heal in Hebrew is rapha. It means to literally sew back together that which was torn apart. And we live in a community that's been torn apart by division, by suspicion, by sin, by guilt, by shame, by abuse. And God wants, through the catalyst of the church, to begin to sew those things back together. As we pray in unity, as we seek his face, God can begin to restore our land. That this mighty river of the Mississippi can burst its banks and flood the dry places of our lives, our communities, our friendships. See, God wants to do something in our lives today. There's a famous book called The Transformational Church by Ed Stetzer. And he says this, the new scorecard of transformational churches has a scattering at its basis. It has a scattering at its basis. As a pastor, my heart is to gather, but we gather to go. We're gathered to be scattered. When the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples, they were filled and they spilled onto the streets. Whenever God does something in our lives, it's not so we can just be blessed and happy, if we are blessed to be a blessing. That we can carry the favor and the power of God into our world, into our community, to see God revolutionize it. There's one question that has haunted me recently. I'm going to share this one question. 
if this church was to close its doors and close down tomorrow, who would miss us? Okay, I hope that you'll miss us. <laughs> but who in the community would miss us? And that is a test of our effectiveness. That is a test of our transformational calling that when we close down, or if we close down, sorry, not when, if we close down, the community would cry out saying, we need the church back. We can't do this without the church. And over the past few months, we've been building credibility in the community. So we get to the stage when people become dependent, not just on the church, but on the Christ of the church. Out of all the volunteers in the whole of the nation, 90% of those volunteers are all faith-based people. Out of those 90%, 80% of those 90% are all Christian faith-based people. We are a huge influence in our communities. We've lived in a poverty mentality. we felt with nothing, with no one, but God wants to take us and shake us that we realize who we are, what we can carry into our world. See, I believe God wants to make us an impact, not just in church, but in our communities, in our workplaces, in our school grounds, in our social groups, in our families. I'm not just called to be a faithful witness in work. We're called to be a fruitful witness in work. I haven't been a pastor all my life. I used to have a real job. In fact, I had many real jobs. Shop floors, factories, working in retail. And sometimes it's easy just to keep our spirituality into just the church context. But God wants to use us to shine a light into the darkness. Our next slide. What are you believing for in your workplace? What are you believing for in your workplace. The message translation of Matthew 5 says this. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out all the God flavors to this earth. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light to bring out all the God colors in the world. See, light is not just about exposing darkness. So it's not just about purifying sin. Light is about bringing out the colors and the beauty of God's creation. At night, when it's dark, all my pictures on the wall, all my wallpaper appear to be gray at night. When you turn the light on, not only does light come on, but also all the diversity of color comes out in pictures. And God wants not just to bring light into darkness, but to bring out the color and the diversity and the riches of his creation in those around us. Whilst healing and restoring us as well. So often, as a church in the UK, we've been known for what we are against. <laughs> we're against sin. We're against having fun. <laughs> we're against chewing gum. <laughs> against cinemas, against football. But I believe God wants us not to be negative about what we're against, but positive about what we're for. We're here for justice. 
We're here for peace. We're here for freedom and faithfulness. We're here for dignity, integrity, family, love, mercy, grace. All these things that we're supposed to stand for. Let us believe again with confidence the message that Christ has put in our hearts. See, salvation is found in no one else other than Jesus. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. And we are the custodians, the carriers, the ambassadors of this great kingdom of God to touch our world. Next slide, please. The front line. Jeremiah's letter in Jeremiah 29 was written to the people of Israel who were in a hostile environment. Psalm 137 says this, By the rivers of Babylon we sat down and we wept and we remembered Zion. There on the poplar trees we hung our harps and there our captors asked of us, demanded from us, sing the songs of Zion. We said, how can we sing the Lord's songs in a strange land? Sometimes people talk to me and say, you know, being a pastor, you're on the front line. We're praying for you, pastor, because you're on the front line. You're the man at the front, taking all the flat from the enemy. Like I said a few moments ago, I've worked on the shop floor. <laughs> I've worked in factories, and I know it is just as much a challenge to be a Christian on the shop floor as it is in the pastor's office. And so often we talk about the ministers, those in full-time ministry who are on the front line, but I want to say this today. You guys who are putting in a nine-to-five shift, you girls who are working in factories in the, as a nurse, as a doctor, whatever, you are on the front line. And you're not just here to serve the church with your skills and abilities. We are here to serve you, to help you and equip you and to pray for you that you will flourish on the front line. <laughs> your job is a lot harder than mine because you've got to live in a hostile world. I mean, I have to work with money, and that's pretty hard. But you guys got real opposition. <laughs> we can make a difference in our world. I used to work for Boots Opticians as a lab tech, and I gathered the three Christians together in Boots to pray. And every week we had a little Christian union between the three of us, and we prayed for our work colleagues. When I got baptized, 15 members of staff came to me to get baptized. And they sobbed their hearts out, all of them. Because <laughs> the power of God touched them. But you know, you think, I'm just one Christian in the workplace. Begin to say, God, I want to be a fruitful witness for you in my work. I want the fragrance of Jesus not just to fill me on the Sunday, but fill me on the Monday. I want the power of God to flow through me Midweek, not just weekend. Because the power of Christ is not just available on Sundays. It's there for Monday. Amen? See, there's a solution to this world's condition. There's a solution, there's an answer. And that answer is found in the kingdom of God. And that answer is found in those who carry the kingdom of God. And that answer is found in the church of Jesus Christ who carries the kingdom of God. In other words, that answer is found in you and in me. 
we are transformational. We carry the light of Jesus. We carry the salt of the kingdom in our lives. And wherever we go, we should be allowing that light to infuse our world. See, one person can make a difference. Next slide, please. There you go. Martin Luther King, Jr. He said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate can never drive out hate, but only love can do that. Yesterday was March the 7th, and 50 years ago, in 1965, there was a place called Selma, where the black civil rights movement began to march across a bridge to declare their right to vote. And as they marched across this bridge in Selma, the state police came in and they hammered and they beat them and they broke them and they damaged and they abused them. But in the midst of that agony and that destruction, that violence, one man's heart rose and this has to change. And here we are 50 years later with a black American president in the US. In 50 years time, the whole culture of the South, especially of America, changed because one man stood up and said, this has to change. And all it takes is one man like you or me, or one woman like you, to say, this cannot stay the same. It may not change a nation, but it can change a workplace. You may not be able to change a nation, but you may be able to change a school. And God wants to anoint us afresh with his Holy Spirit to transform our world. Shall we stand to our feet? Time's gone. How visible, Manny, do you want to just come back and just play that song for me? Let your glory fall in this place. How visible is your faith to those around you? They may know you go to church, but how visible is your faith to those around you? How genuine is your faith to those around you? How distinct and how different are you to those around you? See, the Bible says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. If we're living exactly the same way as the world lives, then our testimony is invalidated. Malachi chapter 3 verse 18 says this, The time is coming, my friends, when you will again see the distinction between those who are righteous and those who are wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. You can't live as your work colleagues live. You can't live as your friends live. You're called to be different. You're called to stand out. And my final thought this morning, Psalm 84 verse 6 says, when they pass through the valley of Baca, they make the desert place springs. As we go into our workplace tomorrow morning, as we go into our school, our college, our social groups, we can be catalysts of change. We can be transformational in our hearts to see this world change around us. See, for the Spirit to arise in our hearts today, it's not enough for us to have a great time in church. For the Spirit of God to rise in our heart, it's not enough for us to sing great songs. The Spirit rises in our hearts today to make us 
transformational agents in our world. I'm not asking you to come to the front this morning, but you know in your heart, if you feel this morning a tug and a call upon your heart to be transformational in your workplace, transformational in your school, in your college, I want you just to raise your hand before mighty God as we sing this song and say, God, I want to live my life transformationally for you. I want to be a catalyst of change in my society. I want to speak out for truth and justice. I want to bring the God colors and the God flavors out of those around me. I want to display your glory through my life. That Robin will be flooded with the love and the power of God. That this great Mississippi of your river will burst its banks and flood the dry and the barren places. Just sing this song through one more time. And as you sing, just respond to God and say, God, I want to live for you. I want to make a difference in my world. God bless you. There is freedom If you're tired and you are thirsty say 